0: Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim, I missed talking to you about the Vikings game yesterday, but for me, today's big story is the Timberwolves and how well they played again last night, rallying down to a very good Miami team with all hands on deck for the Heat. Terrific win for the Wolves last night.
1: Fantastic. Uh, Once again, they got down early. Uh, Once again, they started a game on the road, playing a little soft. Once again, they had a spectacular third quarter. And once again, they were able to close out a victory with some excellent offensive and defensive play, especially offensive. Um, Anthony Edwards is a closer. Uh, You saw Carlton Towns get a big offensive rebound and immediately throw a lob to Gobert, which is a play that wouldn't have happened last year, A, because they weren't on the court that much together, B, because they didn't know each other that well. Now you're really seeing them playing extremely well together. Um, Just big-time shot-making. You know, the Heat, are so smart and so well-coached. They attack, you know, the, basically the, the, the Wolves' defense is so good because they protect the rim and they challenge three-point shots. And they live by the modern code, which is if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with tough two-pointers. Well, the Heat took that and said, yeah, but there are also some places we can get some open two-pointers. If we make Gobert retreat to the rim, we can get in that lane and shoot, you know, 10-foot shots all day and we'll take that. And second half, the Wolves really played more physically, figured out what the Heat he were doing to them, shut that down. He still hung at it because they made, they're just such a good three point shooting team. Duncan Robinson's one of the best ever at that. But so it, it took a lot from the win that game. Now, if you want to be a pessimist, you can say, hey, they keep starting slowly, they need to fix that. Sure. Um, but I think the bigger picture is they're 20 and 5. Uh, they've won all kinds of different ways. Uh, against all kinds of different teams. And last night was one of the biggest challenges of the season, and they came through.
0: Bam Adebayo is a full-grown center, and if you just looked at his stats from last night, you'd say, wow, he kind of had his way. 22 points, 10 out of 22. But when it really counted, he looked small compared to Gobert. There was a big shot he tried to get off late in the fourth quarter last night, and Gobert just rejected it. Gobert can block with either hand. That makes him so dangerous.
1: Yes, and Adebayo got a lot of his points first half uh, in that paint area that's really not a priority for the Wolves to defend. Mm-hmm. Second half they started defending it. Um, they kind of clamped down, and, and I just love the effort. You know, you watch this team on rotations, uh, defensive rotations. Because everybody in the NBA is so skilled. You leave people open, they're gonna score on you. You leave them a lane to drive, they're gonna score on you. It takes so much effort to keep an NBA team from scoring at a higher rate, and this team makes that effort. Uh, you see ro- great rotations. You see all five willing to rotate out to the corners. You see all five willing to rotate out to the key, top of the key. You see, uh, you know, you see people re- rotating to cover up uh, for their teammates who are rotating. I mean, anybody can, you know, it- it's one thing to scheme that stuff; it's another thing to get your team to execute it at a high level, which requires not only understanding and cohesiveness, but also maximum effort.
0: In that flea uh, three-play flourish that uh, Edwards came up with there in the last right around two to three minutes left in the game, and he had those two dunks and, and went on a beautiful pass from Towns. But my favorite play among that was when the ball came loose on the defensive end, top of the key. He just comes over and shoves Jimmy Butler out of the way and says, I'll, I'll be taking this, and goes down the court and dunks. That I, I was my favorite play right there.
1: Yeah, and that was a really big play, potential four-point swing. And listen, you've got to have athletically arrogant people to win mm-hmm. games in fourth quarter of NBA games. Uh, and sometimes that arrogance overflows into other aspects of life or mm-hmm. makes people unlike unlikable, but you've got to have it. You've got to have the guy who believes he's the best guy on the court and is going to dominate you when it matters most. And it was kind of fascinating to see Anthony Edwards be more that guy than Jimmy Butler last night.
0: Yeah, I I do need to bring up the controversy that Ant is involved with right now. Why don't you update us a little bit on that?
1: So, uh, you know, this isn't is kind of that TMZ zone that I don't like to go into too often. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Anthony Edwards, uh, uh, the woman who he apparently... Uh, got pregnant uh apparent and I say apparently because I don't really go too deep on this kind of stuff uh, unless I'm going to write about it right. uh and she apparently basically put out all of the texts between her and Anthony Edwards about the issue uh Anthony Edwards in those texts was basically suggesting that he would pay her to have an abortion she was saying she didn't want to have one uh and then when it was, uh, it was all put out there Anthony Edwards put out a statement through social media saying that, uh, you know, I, I this is not who I am. I shouldn't, I'm paraphrasing, yeah, this is I not am. who I am. I should not have said those things. I'm not going to be talking about it anymore. And that's where we are.
0: Yeah, unfortunate uh, young men with millions on their hands and things find them, uh, that's for sure. And they create well, some of their own issues once in a while, too.
1: I would say a lot of non-millionaires
0: yep, have the same, same problem.
1: thing. It's just that nobody cares if it gets posted. Nobody outside their immediate circle cares if it becomes a social media thing.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I just want to ask you quickly about the Vikings. They're going to stick with Nick Mullins. Not really a surprise there, I don't think, is it?
1: No. Uh, it, he, you know, O'Connell emphasized that he ran the offense the way he wants it run. Uh, he gave him credit for helping them in the running game with the right checks. Uh, the, the passing game was very productive. And I get it, and if, maybe if I were sitting in O'Connell's seat, I would come to the same conclusion. Sitting where I am, I just don't, I just don't trust Mullins. He yeah. threw three terrible interceptions. He threw three interceptions that if one hadn't been overruled by a penalty would have cost the Vikings at least 13 points. Yep. And I, I just I think his mistakes as well. And I also say this, I thought that many of the air yards were receivers helping him out more than him making a great throw. Hmm. Hawkinson caught one behind him. Addison made two great catches for touchdowns, um, one on a low throw, one on a throw that probably was ill-advised. Jefferson made two or three contested catches on balls that I didn't think were that well-placed. Um, so, But here's here's the thing. I can't tell you that Jaron Hall would play better. I would just like to find out.
0: Yeah. But I suppose, like you said, if you were in his shoes... You prop the safe choice is to go with the veteran, uh, and, and you know, it's and it's hard for me to fault that, I guess.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah. I, that's the thing. Is that you know this is not me saying Kevin O'Connell's wrong. That's right. This yeah. is me saying that I just I just would like to see Hall at this point, and you know what, we might see him.
0: Yeah. Hey, I got to admit, I I kind of didn't think Ty Chandler was an every down back. Uh, he he's got speed, but I thought he looks like a one cut guy. I don't know if he's got enough elusiveness to really be a featured back. And uh, sure enough, boy, he lit it up, had the best game by a back all season.
1: He did. He had a huge game, and I liked two things. Number one, when he had green space, he ate it up quickly. Mm-hmm. He really looked like he had juice and speed uh, and was going to get extra yards. The other thing I liked is when there wasn't much there, I loved the way he twisted for extra yardage without fumbling. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot of short yardage plays where there wasn't much there, and he he was able to twist and squirm. And get extra yardage. Uh, I really liked that. I'll, I will say this: Alexander Madison had had like three really good games in a row where yeah. they didn't give it to him a whole lot, but he, his yards per carrier were way up. Um, so I think we have to give the offensive line credit for blocking for both of these guys. But I just think, I think Chandler. I think Madison is safer. He's more likely to pick up the blitz. He's more likely to you know run the play the way you want it. run. Chandler just has more talent. It's so that simple.
0: If, if Madison is healthy, are we looking at a split-time uh, situation then?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I, my guess is if Madison's healthy, he gets the, the official start, but that Chandler might see more touches.
0: Three games left, two with the Lions, one with the Packers. It's a, a division feast here at the end. You know, it's funny, but the Vikings could potentially wind up playing the Lions three times in four weeks. It's kind of like a series all of a sudden if they match up in the playoffs. Uh, do they need to win two to get into the postseason?
1: Before they lost Cincinnati, like the New York Times calculator had been a 99% chance of making the playoffs if they won two of the last four. Hmm. Uh, since then, the Rams and the Seahawks have won. I haven't rechecked the calculator. I honestly don't believe that stuff very much. Anyway, it just gives you kind of a baseline. <laughs> yeah. um, two out of three, I think, gets them in. One out of three, they're going to need a lot of help. I think it's that
0: simple. Yeah, and, they, and uh, if they get in, can they do anything?
1: Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be playing a superior team on the road with a backup quarterback. Um, it's just going to be tough. You know, we've seen stranger things. Uh, it wouldn't be the greatest upset in the world if they beat one of those teams. They're not going to be playing the 49ers in the first round. Uh, so everybody else is kind of flawed. I mean, yeah. the Eagles are flawed. Uh, the Cowboys are flawed when they're on the road, although they're very tough at home. Uh, the Lions are good, not great. Uh, and then, you know, the other wild, and then, the you know, Tampa or whoever comes out of the south is not that good. Yeah. The other wildcard teams are by definition not great. So, you know, it wouldn't be shocking to see the Vikings make the playoffs. It wouldn't be shocking to see them win a first-round game. Now, I don't think I don't I think we all expect the 49ers to come out of the NFC, uh, but, but
0: you know, there's
1: still a lot there's still so much unpredictability yeah. left in the season. Let's not pretend we know what's going to happen here.
0: All right, that's right. All right, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5, Sports of Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.